if a story is too linear and there's not enough else going on in it, then sometimes readers can come away feeling unsatisfied. And maybe if there's too much else going on in it, then that's when you'll hear things like, I just didn't follow all the subplots. Stevens, the New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of the Vanessa Michael, kick-ass Vanessa Michael Monroe series. <laughs> and this is the Taylor Stevens Show with Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. And those of you that are with us every week, we thank you so much for being with us every week. You may have noticed that we left out the kick-ass you know, we, we're, we're struggling. We've got this new tagline, and we blew the intro two weeks in a row. But we're, you know, we just, we're here every week. We're doing this. And uh, hopefully you'll forgive us for flubbing these intros. We do have great music, and we hope you like the music, and you forgive the all the other things that we do wrong while we're getting ready to deliver some good content. And that's what we're going to do now. All right, Taylor, today's show is all about plots, sub <laughs> plots, subplots, and themes. Try and say that three times really fast. Well, you should try doing that <laughs> intro. It's a mouthful. <laughs> all right. So uh, first, let's we all know what a plot is. You know, a plot, when I plan out a book, I have a plot, and that's essentially all I have is a plot. And then someone might say, well, you need a subplot. What the heck is a subplot? You know... That's one of those questions that sometimes I don't even understand either. Um, I think maybe it means layers. Like there's more than just one thing going on. And I know some authors are really good at it, where they'll have their main detective or whatever solving the main crime. And there's always one, some sidekick or someone in the office who has some other little problem going on that, you know, comes up in discussion here and there throughout the book. And it's not driving the story forward, but it's just this other little thing that somebody is working on. And then towards the end of the book, that thing also gets solved. That's definitely a subplot. Or maybe a character has the main issue that he's dealing with, but he's got something else going on with a family member that's sort of tied into the main storyline and makes sense for being there. But it, it's, if it wasn't there, the story might not feel as rich, but it wouldn't kill the main plot either, also a subplot. So I think it's all the other stuff that's happening in a story beneath, as a layer beneath the main plot of the story. And are there, you may, you may not know the answer to this question, but it, are there different expectations uh, reader expectations for subplots, depending on what genre you're writing. Like, for example, um, a, a mystery. We've all read mysteries where the the assistant, the the loyal sidekick, has some other little thing going on. So I completely understood what you were saying there about uh, the uh, the subplot being what's going on in in the sidekick's life. Uh, but in a lot of romantic suspense novels, there is the story and there's the romance. Is the romance a subplot? I don't know. <laughs> I, I honestly, um, I would, I guess it might even depend on who you ask. 
But the way that I just see it is the subplots add texture. Okay. And that if if a story is too linear and there's not enough else going on in it, then sometimes readers can come away feeling unsatisfied. And maybe if there's too much else going on it, going on in it, then that's when you'll hear things like, I just didn't follow all the subplots. And interestingly enough, I am making revisions to a novel right now. And one of the things at the very top of my list is that there's only one going, one thing going through or one thing going on, and it is just what you said. It's like a straight-through line of I'm, I'm going from here and I'm trying to solve this problem all the way through, and there's nothing else going on. And I, when I was originally writing it, I would throw other things in, and then I would realize, oh, that's not moving the story forward, and you're not supposed to have things in the story that don't move the story forward. So I took them out, but now that I'm – rereading what I'd written some time ago, I'm like, wow, this is, it's too linear. It needs, it needs another layer to use your term. It's a little flat. Yeah. Yeah. This is what makes writing a novel difficult is that it still has to fit. Like you can't just throw in all this other chaos and then all of a sudden it's going to make the story somehow work. Like it has to feel organic and it has to feel real no matter – obviously it's not. You've thought it out in advance or you're thinking it out as you go along. Um, So even this – I guess the reason why they're called subplots and not concurrent plots (laughs) is that somehow still they they make the story richer. And I think that if you were to put a plot – within a plot that didn't actually – work and entwine and and fit, then it would actually detract from the main story. So it that is that is what makes it difficult is coming up with the right things to insert to enrich the story and enliven it rather than something that's just there as filler. Now when you write a thriller, like like you write, thrillers tend to be somewhat linear. You're you have a problem and you're trying to solve it. Are you Less likely to have a prominent subplot with a thriller? Maybe that's why I don't know what subplots are. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) In in, in my case, there's always a lot of trying to figure stuff out. Like Mm -hmm. even when somebody's running in a thriller, they're trying to figure stuff out. And sometimes the the underlayers can be very convoluted. And so I think in thrillers, those tend to fill, fill that space of subplot, you know, trying to figure things out, um, the, the different people that you're, the characters are interacting with as they're overcoming these insurmountable obstacles and such. It probably fills the same role, even if they are not technically subplots in and of themselves. And usually in thrillers, you have a lot of moving parts, many, more than one, because there's going to be a, a, an antagonist, at least one, and a protagonist, and they're going to be fighting against each other in some way. So, but often in thrillers, there's there's more than just those two parties involved, and and those who are in the situation don't know what's going on, even if the audience does, the 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 characters don't. So, I think to throw in extra on top of that would just make it too much. All right. So we've talked about plots. I completely understand plots. I sort of understand subplots now. And what the heck is a theme? 
Oh, why do you have to ask all these hard questions? <laughs> um, actually, I have that on my questionnaire, but my my desk is such a mess right now that I'd be like, all right, wait, wait a minute. You said your questionnaire. We talked about the questionnaire a couple weeks ago. Is that what you're talking about? This 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 thing that you you developed? Yeah, because um, I pulled it out of a book once where it says it asks a question, and then it when you answer that question. I, I ask myself to narrow it down into a single sentence, and then that's the story's theme. The story's theme, but I don't remember what it is. So obviously, it didn't. I didn't learn the lesson very well. <laughs> I have to go back and look at my questionnaire to remember what it was. But um, it's it's the, I think it's the um, the conflict that's that the moral conflict that the um, the characters are facing. And and what drives their moral conflict is going to end up being the theme that runs through the book. Okay, the moral conflict as opposed to the the threat from the antagonist. Kind yeah, of thing. because every person in real life, when we're faced with decisions or difficult situations, we have to make choices, and most of the time, those choices are not easy choices. You know, are you going to sacrifice this person? Or are you going to sacrifice that person? Are you going to um, not pay your credit card bills so that you can pay the mortgage, or are you going to lose your house? Like, there's all, and there's always a moral conflict that comes with those because there's no, there's no way that you can escape it without having made some difficult choice. And so, when you're talking about the stuff that you're like, every book is going to have some kind of topic in it. You know, whether it's terrorists or you know, runaway children or child slaves or there's always something that's driving that story in terms of the geopolitical environmental factors that the story the world that the story is set in. So all of that tied together, it's going to develop a theme. But that's a really, really uneducated way of saying it. And, and my questionnaire says it way better than I can. So, you know, if we want to pause here for just a second, I'll go grab it and see if I can find what it actually says. OK, let's pause. All right. And I'm just kidding. I'm just going to talk now while Taylor's gone. I may even sing. I may sing for a while while Taylor's doing something. <laughs> if I knew a song, I would definitely sing it. I would we be should, singing it make, right now. We should make Steve sing. We should. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. You've got about eight seconds and I'm going right. to start singing. Here we go. So right here on my, my paper that I'm working from, and I don't know if this is my most recent copy, but it says, what's the story's moral argument? And then... If you can distill that moral argument into one sentence, that's the theme line. It, it's like, what's the story's founding idea is another one. And when you can distill that idea into one sentence, that's the premise. Are you actually able to, while you're, while you're filling out this sheet, come up with an answer for that? Yeah, that's, that's what makes wow. it so hard. That's what makes it so hard, but that's what ties it sort of all together. Because then you ask, well... You know what are going to be the potential? What are the problems with this, this premise and these themes? Like, how is it going to going to resonate with readers? What, what's going to be difficult in doing the research or finding a way to make it work in the type of story that I want to work that I want to do? And then you know, based on that, what's at stake in the story? Why are readers even going to care? Because if the stakes are not high enough, readers aren't going to care. So. Figuring out what the moral argument is, it starts with the founding idea. I got to know what this story is really about. And then what's the moral argument? 
th- those those uh, it takes forever to figure that out, but it forces you to think. And in, and sometimes I don't even really truly figure it out, but I figure it out well enough that I can get started, and it sort of clarifies through the writing process. Does it ever change um, while you're writing? Everything changes while you're writing. <laughs> and and it sounds so so pretentious to say, oh, I figured out the theme and I figured out these moral arguments and stuff like that. And sometimes you just want to tell a bleeping story, you mm-hmm. know, and it doesn't have all that high and mighty-ish stuff in it. But when you do think those things through, it's going to run a little deeper and it's going to have a little more emotional resonance because you're going to be more in tune with the conflicts that the characters are facing. Yeah, we we had, I think, the whole episode um, prior to prior to our break where we talked about the inciting incident, and and this almost it, it's like taking that idea and just taking it like nine levels deeper. I don't get credit for those questions. Like I pulled them out of a book, and if I could remember what the title of the book was right now, I would give, you know, I would absolutely say it. But I, I don't remember, and I'm sure I'll hear from 100 listeners saying, oh, it was whatever, whatever book. And to, I'm sorry, author, you were awesome. The title of the book was The Anatomy of Story from John Truby, Truby, T-R-U-B-Y. Anyway, The Anatomy of Story. Um, and, and the thing is, too, is like I've never read a writing book. And, and I say this now for all my listeners who maybe have struggled with not getting it, well, I am you. I don't get it. 95% of the material I read on how to write or how to tell a story makes no sense to me. And it was no different in, in the book that I pulled these questions from. Most of the book went straight over my head. It was too technical. It just, you know, it just got too big. It got too deep. But I took something away from it. And that's kind of how it is, is I'll find one or two things in a book that will help me and I'll Use what helps and just let the rest of it go. I remember when you were when you first told me that you, you told me about the book. You told me you were putting together this checklist. So I cleverly thought, huh, I can do that too. I'm going to put together my own checklist. And I started going, and all of a sudden I had like 19 pages of things, and I had no idea what any of it meant, and I just gave it up. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. It all went over my head. So I, you, you might get. Ten percent of it, I got like two percent, and it was. Hi, I'm writing a book about writing, and that was, <laughs> that was about it. <laughs> you know, well, that, my my point in that is that um, it it really helps to figure it out in advance. Um, theme is one of those high and mighty things that just kind of like whatever. I don't know. My book apparently has a theme. People tell me it has a theme. You know, they find it. The the more literary people do. Um, but obviously it's there. But if you can figure it out in advance um, or at least think, think it through and sort of figure out what it is, the story will have more depth. And even people like me who seem to know it all don't. And I don't get half the stuff that other people are teaching. I just have to find my own way. We all have to find our own way and we have to find out what works for us individually, because there is no right way, only ways that may also be right for you. Amen. 
<laughs> All right. We, we've been talking about plots, subplots, subplots. I can't say it. I couldn't say it at the beginning. I can't say it now. Plots, subplots, and themes. And we're kicking writing in the butt one word at a time here on the Taylor Stevens Show. If you're not with on, Steve Campbell. With Steve Campbell. Yeah, it's <laughs> like with Ed McMahon. If you're not on Taylor's email list, it's taylorstevensbooks.com. Click on the Contact Me button and get on the list because she shares lots of great writing and publishing information. And we will be back with you again when, Taylor? Next week. All right. We'll see you. We'll, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for being here. Thanks, guys. <laughs>